I'll teeter tot with your tater tot. Um, <laughs> oh, that's serenading, all right. Um, you know, as a former retired rapper, um, <laughs> it's like I sound like one of those people where it's like, you know, I made the decision to walk away. It's like I feel like the industry did. But there's this fascinating rap battle out there with this uh lady. And sometimes these two ladies, you know, they look like one of those frat type of, but they're like 29 and they're not in college, but they're dressed like they're in frat. I think that's what it's called, fraternity. I don't know why I said frat. Frat sounds very like, uh, sounds very naive. Fraternity sounds like, it's like, oh, we're part of a social club. It's like when you can go to those social lounges where it's like you gotta have a dress code and then you get in there and you're like the suits cost more than the food um (laughs) i don't know you know should the clothes you're should the clothes you're wearing cost more than what you're about to pay to eat it's a weird thing right i guess that's kind of like the standard if the food costs more than the shirt you're wearing you're not to dress code but yeah so this lady and probably like two-thirds through the rap battle she's obviously shit in the bed but in an hilarious way and she says and i quote you better get your tater tot to the playground before she teeter tots and um (laughs) Let's just say she was missing some crispiness to that bar. Um, (laughs) No matter how many times, you know, sometimes you get some tater tots from a restaurant and it's just like, man, it's a little soggy. And then you ask them to, you know, put it, you know, make it more crispy. And then like once you reheat some, once you put some back in the greaser, once it's aired out, it's just not the same. It's like, there's no coming back. Just make me a new batch. It's one of the things just like scrap the whole just scrap the whole human being in this. Um <laughs> It's one of those rap battles where it's so bad but it's so enjoyable that when she says something that doesn't suck, you're like it's like wow. Like you're almost like impressed. Like it was like when it it's like when uh uh J. Cole said hot dog catch up to me couldn't resist it's like when he said that bar that's when i knew the guy's a legend um and when she said you better take your tater tot to the teeter tot that's when i knew she's a motherfucking legend yep that is what we talk about on this show um but yeah moral of the story is Sometimes, just accept the first serving you're given in life, you know? Um, You know, it's like my, I never send back food. You know, you can't send back a bad rap. You can't send back a bad line. It's already out there. Like, it already changed the whole experience. It's like when someone messes up mid-rap. You can't just be like, hold on, guys, let me restart. Like, it changes the whole mood. You could restart and be like, oh, okay, I see what you're trying to do. It's like, no, but it kills, like, the whole, like, oh, damn, you know?
It's like once you mess up my food the first time, it changes my whole experience. It doesn't mean I'm going to complain or something like that. But it's just like, uh, this is a, it doesn't, like, it's hard to, you're you're not going to get the full 10 out of 10 experience. Like, a 10 out of 10 experience of an experience is not flawless, but a very uh, purposeful, smooth trajectory. Like, oh, these people have a good idea of what they're trying to do here. But... Um, when they spill, you know, six sweet teas on your brother's lap. Um, <laughs> uh, and that's why, you know, I will say this, you know, I haven't eaten uh, these, I don't, you know, people say it's not real Mexican food, whatever the fuck that means. You know, they all have combination number seven with an enchilada, fried rice and all this stuff or not fried rice, but you know, Mexican rice, which is kind of weird. They call it Mexican rice at a Mexican restaurant. Why do you need to specify that it's Mexican rice? I'm at a Mexican restaurant. I don't need you to specify that it's Mexican. You know, it's almost like to reiterate, this is a Mexican restaurant. It's like, yes, none of the waiters speak English. Trust me. I know it is. And I, and I like it, you know, I like, you know, I like going to those restaurants where you just point to the item. When there's that barrier or when you can't pronounce something. So you're just one of those idiot people like this. <laughs> and then they always bring out the item that was below where you pointed. Because your fingers are a little disjointed. And the items are always so close together on the menu. Uh, uh, man. I guess I am a window shopper. Because when they're mad at me, I think I know why. But yeah, uh, but yeah, that's the thing. Like once you like, if I order like all Mexican, I don't, I don't want all American Mexican restaurants. Anytime it starts with a la, los, or l, you know, I think they're called the sub pronouns. Um, <laughs> that's not what they're called. I don't. Sorry, I don't have my Spanish folder with me to cheat on the test. That's how dumb we are in America. We have a fucking folder. There's like, you start a sentence with this part, then the diagram of this part, and then we still have people that can't pass Spanish. Um, <laughs> and, uh, yeah. Spanish. Flu. And boy, this opening was like the Spanish flu because it blew right over. Whew. I did not drink enough Magic Mind before this show. I can tell you that. Um, <laughs> but yeah, no, these Mexican restaurants, they, uh, they're all the same. They all have the combination platters that are between 8 to 10 bucks. It's always got rice, beans. You always substitute the beans, enchilada. You know. Either a couple crunchy tacos or some tostada chimichanga. You know what? Like honestly, now all this the the chimichanga, the tostadas, they're all just the same shit inside of a different shell. It's like there's literally no difference between a chimichanga and a burrito. It's got the same shit in it. It's just either the crust is just fluffier, crispier. It's just it's like they say all Taco Bell. If you know, it's like all Taco Bell items. They never actually add any new, like, products. They just mix and match the products they already have in the store and make more different shit. 
Like they actually have this tr- triple stacker shit. Where it's literally they fold a tortilla three different times, put like a thin layer of beef and cheese, if there's even beef in it, and like two twenty nine, you know. So maybe, you know, American Mexican food. There's never anything new. It is just recreation of what we already have. So yeah. But hey. I, I'm I'm a fan of the Latinas because of Sofia Vergara because I want a modern family. All right, God, but that kid in that show is kind of annoying. And you know it's kind of weird how it's just like openly like modern. They call it modern family, but really it's like a hey. They normalize the gold digging aspect of her part, which is kind of weird. They use her immigration status, her child. And just kind of like, hey. But you know what? I don't know. Yep. I'm just going to start the episode because I don't know what the fuck I'm talking about now. But yeah. Whew. All right. Meep, meep. I got big toes, eh? Eh, big things, eh? Um. <laughs> All right. Uh, this is episode 260 of the Offbeat Podcast with Clint Nelson. I'm your host. Clint Nelson, don't read the like, follow, comment, subscribe, hit the notification bell, most poor ladies and gentlemen. Don't forget to suck some titties. And I just realized I was not looking in the camera for 92% of that whole opening. You know, maybe I'm on the spectrum, as they say. Well, regardless if you're on the spectrum, off the spectrum, you know, talk about people on the spectrum, uh, make fun of people on the spectrum. One thing that everyone who is on this spectrum we call life should do is they should be drinking Magic Mind every fucking day. Well, you know, at least enough to replace your other caffeinated products out here. So yes, the sponsor of today's episode is Magic Mind. Um, As you guys know, Magic Mind has been a part of the program for a very short period of time, but a very healthy period of time. And... I don't know if also you guys know, but I actually have a sponsor with them, as I already said. Jesus, I'm all over the place. I only drank one shot of Magic Mind. I should have drank the fucking whole six-pack. But yes, the ingredients we have in Magic Mind, they're all natural. We have matcha, bacopa, maniri, ashkawanda. <laughs> ashkawanda to make a one wish. <laughs> oh, it's a fairly odd parent that I'm struggling right now. Also have Rhodiola Rosea. Whoa. Hey, it says it's a herbal breakthrough. Mental clarity reduces fatigue and anxiety, increases your body resistance to stress. Well, he's, uh, they need to put a little bit more of that in there to help me out. Um, <laughs> we got Lion's Mane Mushroom. The fluffiest mushroom out there. Why is that the first? I'm I'm not trying to. (laughs) The fluffiest mushroom? Why the fuck do I care if it's a fluffy mushroom? (laughs) Cordyceps mushrooms. Not the one from The Last of Us. I never saw Last of Us, but if it's referencing Last of Us, then you know. It's probably The Last of Us. But a powerful one, nothing less. Yeah, probably not the best selling point. So I guess stick to the lion's mane mushroom, the fluffiest mushroom. <laughs> Looking like 
Toad's head on Mario Kart, the fluffiest mushroom. I don't know why. <laughs> oh, fluffy. <laughs> I'm not trying to laugh during the ad read, but Jesus Christ, the fluffiest mushroom. <laughs> Anyways, um, you can fluff my mushroom by using my discount code. Um, <laughs> I'll have all the link below the episode description. Go to magicmind.com. Uh, all right guys that's here the link uh it'll all be under it'll be pretty set out uh go to www.magicmon.com slash bw. the link will be below and most importantly um get up to 56 percent off your subscription for the next 10 days with my code oftenbeat 20 o f f n b e a t 20 the code is o f f n B-E-A-T-20. Alright guys, all the Lincoln stuff and go get your fluffy mushroom in a small nootropic shot. A really good potent one. It replaces, you know, all those energy drinks, those coffees, and all that shit. You don't need to buy herbs and supplements, you just need Magic Mind. You know, you get your Ashka, Wanda, Shnanda, you get your fluffy mushrooms all in a nice smooth shot gets to the point it's potent you don't need to drink these 85 liter green smoothies that just make you want to you know shit on your cat um (laughs) no magic mind just uh yeah the link is us below all right you get the jizzaboo all right now back to the show and that's how we transition back to the show. Snap. Oh, yep. Snap back to reality. Oh, there goes my sponsorship. Um, <laughs> yeah. All right, guys. All right. Back to the shits and jizz. All right. Welcome to episode 260 off of you with Clint Nelson. I'm yours, Clint Nelson. Over to Live Hall.com. Subscribe to the notification bell. Most poor ladies and gentlemen. Don't forget to suck some titties. <clears throat> and yep, yep. Uh, uh, I love me some skirt steak. Because when I drift in Tokyo, I say skirt, skirt. I see you're under your skirt because of Japanese culture. Yeah. Cough it up, baby. Um, <laughs> uh, did you know that you can eat toads? Did you know that salamanders um, get killed on Australian roads? It's weird how we name things like roadkill. When, in reality, it wasn't the road that killed them. It was an object that used the road. They use the compactness of the road to kill them. Like, you know, we wouldn't blame, you know, if someone was a murderer, right? If someone went around and killed someone with a machete, they wouldn't say the machete killed them. No, they wouldn't say, ah, machete kill. They'd be like, no, Phil killed, you know, fill in the blanks. And, uh. Boy, Will Smith uh, is feeling like roadkill these days. <laughs> uh, but you know what they say about Will Smith? Um, 
once once she steps out you step in to help her step out again um <laughs> don't forget your coat because it is drifty it is drizzy I ain't talking about sea drizzy i'm talking about drizzy drizzy <laughs> all right yep yep in the studio she got a studio hand slapping bass like a blink 182 because of all the small things but really it's all about the big things eh um <laughs> uh, imagine blinking 182 times in a day that would actually be very troubling that would literally be once every what i don't even want to do the math um <laughs> it's probably like once every like eight minutes or some shit it's probably actually not even that hard to only blink 182 times in a day but you know i wonder what happens more people blinking in a traumatic event or people not using their blinkers blinker blinker dinker dinker and boy she told me she didn't love me. My heart sinkered, sinkered. Um, <laughs> kinky, kinky. Uh, binky, binky. We had a little baby. And now all she does is drinky, drinky to, you know, regret having a child with me. That's how it be, though, you know. You got to understand that no one wants to be a happy mother or father. We all just want to have our children, throw them out in the wind, accidentally have them roll down a hill and be like, I don't know what happened, you know, and then blame the daycare service that someone inappropriately touched their child. It's like, it's literally your stepbrother. You knew he was a pedophile. Like, What are we talking about here? That's the thing, you know, as Drake would say, keep the family closer. All my let's just be friends. I've never had someone say let's just be friends though. I've had people say let's be friends. But I've never heard someone say let's just be friends. Because you know what? If someone says let's be friends, I'm assuming they only mean to be a friend. Unless, you know, you say he's just a friend. Um, (laughs) uh, There's a big controversy. Whose version is better? The original? I think by Bismarcky or Mario? And Luigi? Oh, no. (laughs) Uh, AI is going to do some cover of every Mario song. You know, the actual artist Mario. And then have Luigi be like the voiceover. Kind of like when they used to do chipmunks. Every song would be a chipmunk song. It'd be like these wild extreme metal songs. Like, I... Hey, um, <laughs> it'd be them covering like Three Days Grace on Fallout Boy, and sometimes through the fire and flames. As I'm walking through this episode, and my feet are getting burned by the wet, slippery coal. And they say slippery when wet. I say, bet. <laughs> oh Jesus. Uh, but you know, Pizza Hut, it's, uh, closing down all over the place. 
I guess they couldn't stuff enough crust out of our pockets. Um, <laughs> uh, yeah, but you know, pizza prices going all over the world. They're going through the roof. Roof. Roof, roof company. Imagine climbing up on a roof like you're a State Farm agent where your job is to tell someone after their house got completely destroyed, their shingles got completely destroyed by a natural disaster or crazy weather, and you have to go up there with a straight face and lie to them and be like, hey, this could have been prevented. And you're like, what was I supposed to do? Put a bubble around my house? And they're like, well, you should have... uh." you know, got better shingles ahead of time. This was preventable. It's like, yeah, but then when I filed the insurance claim to replace my shingles six months ago, you guys said you wouldn't cover. It's like, yeah, but now we're really not going to cover. But like a good neighbor, State Farm is there to take your money. Because that's what good neighbors do. We just take hundreds and hundreds, sometimes in some families' cases, thousands of dollars a month when you add your insurances all together. Yep, insurance isn't a scam at all. It's just in case, you know. If insurance was about the people, it wouldn't be a profitable business. If it was really about protecting you. See, that's all they do. It's like, hey, if you don't have it and something happens, your life will be fucked up. The fact that everything's set up, that if you don't have this third-party insurance that quote-unquote covers something, you're fucked. But that's more of like a, when you go online and there are people, there are these heroic stories of people raising money for when someone is can't pay their medical bills and they have like these nine-year-olds like doing fundraisers to fund a, you know, a classmate's uh, cancer diagnosis because Treatment is so insanely high priced. And then these, the National Health of Medical or Medicine will post these inspiring stories like, oh, to help their classmate get the proper treatment they need, they raise a GoFundMe and fundraisers and all this shit, thinking they're saying something. Really, all you're admitting is that you guys have fucked up the health service and the health care so much by charging an amount of money, money for no fucking reason. That people have to take money out of their own pockets, create their own resources, because you as a big corporation who is supposed to be there to help people and make things affordable for dire situations, somehow the insurance doesn't really want to work then. But you know what? What do I know? I just get it fucked in the ass for 70 bucks a month anyways, just to not really cover shit. But if you don't have it, you're a problem. People look at you like you're fucking like, what are you doing? You're not taking health insurance? It's like, you still have to pay out of the ass even when you go to the fucking doctor anyways. Like, oh, oh, you got health insurance? That's great. It's like, great. I have to pay $2,000 just to get a scene for this extreme situation that happens. Like, yeah, but you would have to pay $5,000 without it. It's like, yeah. But over the past year, I've given you guys about $4,000 anyways, so it doesn't really fucking matter now, does it? You know, I know it sounds like I'm being a crumpet right now, you know, but I like a good crumpet. A little apple strudel, because you take a bite out of it, and it's crumbly, like the breadcrumbs you 
left behind for the lack of vacuuming you do in your life. Um, <laughs> wow. Jizz Jazz, Jazzy Jeff. You my best friend until they say, who's Steph? Curry. Because I be raining threes out of tens all over the place. That's a weird brag. Would you rather have 15, would you rather be dating 15 women at the same time, but they all be threes or date 110? You'd be surprised what the answer would be for a lot of guys. These polygamy sister wives. Wait, I think I already talked about that. But you know what? Gotta love these sister wives. It's kind of weird to call them sister wives. Because when they all have a kid by the same guy, it's weird. Because it's like they're all just stepsisters. They should really just be stepsister wives. Because by default, when they have kids, if they all have a kid by the guy... All their daughter, if they were all seven to have daughters, they would just be stepdaughters. I think that's how that works. So, but I guess they don't roll off the tongue, stepdaughter wives. You know, nothing wrong being a stepdaughter. I mean, I would rather be a stepson than a stepdaughter. Like, you know, stepson has potential. Like, there are very little instances of someone treating their stepdaughter, you know. Uh, like their own and typically honestly it resorts in some you know inappropriate touching um <laughs> that's nothing to laugh about but hey stats are the stats numbers don't lie um creepy men who you know couldn't create their own children typically find a woman who are desperate for their financial services when they have children and they're like, oh, I'll be the savior. I'll love you like, I'll love her like she's mine. Which is always a weird statement when someone says, I'm going to love your child like it's mine. It's like, I mean, you don't have to, you know. <laughs> if I had, if I had a kid, right, and I was in a situation where I was, you know, meeting people and stuff and introducing a one, like, I would not say you got to love my child like it's yours. I would assume that if you came into my life and understood the gravity of my kid being in your life, you would treat my child, you know, like you love them, you know, which is weird how like, that's a weird trade-off you'd have to make. What if you love someone, but you don't like their child, right? Is that a make or break thing, right? Now, it's weird if you actually had a kid with someone and you hated your child. Like, I don't know what to do there, man, um, because you're basically hating half of yourself, um, <laughs> which, you know, a lot of people do hate themselves. So why would if you hate yourself, how can you love a version that reminds you of yourself? Damn, that's actually pretty fucked up. Um, <laughs> that's the, And I hate when people joke around about how they hate themselves like. Like, you don't really hate yourself. You just hate everything about yourself. But you don't hate yourself, you know. It's two different things. But if you volunteer, like, that's the thing. When you meet people, if you're dating and taking on that being a stepfather, stepmother thing, 
you know, all the power to you. You know, it's a very noble gesture. But I also think some people take it on for brownie points and they use that as leverage in situations like, oh, when I met you, you and your kid were in a homeless shelter. And you're like, you were there too. Um, why were you in a homeless shelter with us? Um, <laughs> people always forget the part that they were in when they meet you, you know. If you're the guy and you're seeking out, you know, you know, love or something, and you meet someone in a homeless shelter, it's like, you, I mean, you were there too for a reason. Even if you weren't volunteering to be in a homeless shelter that, you know, help the community feedback, you obviously, it's not like you didn't know the situation, you know, you went out of your way to be like, hey, I'll take care of you. Out of the 800 people in that shelter, you decided to just take care of one, two people. You tell me who's really the one that's about giving back. Maybe you volunteer for that homeless shelter just so you could finally find the love of your life. Because that's how down you were in your life, you know? Um, <laughs> I don't know, man. It's weird. People like, I hate that term. Like, I'm going to treat your, like, I'm going to treat your child like it's mine. It's like. If someone said that to me, I would be like, actually, no, please don't. Because you know what? I, I don't like the way you treat yourself. Don't treat my child like it's yours. Because I don't feel like you would treat your child that well. Treat my child better than, you know, I would treat my child. Which is impossible, you know. It's going to be impossible. Um, but, you know, fill in the blanks when I'm not around. And, you know, just don't inappropriately touch my child, you know. And we'll probably be on good terms, you know. Is that really too much to ask for these days? You know, that's one thing. Like, you know, daycare. You know, daycare, pre-K. I hate when they have, like, the pre-K to the pre-K. Now they're just creating fucking grades. Um, and honestly, like, after seeing all these stories about... And there was one in Georgia, honestly, where... There was a daycare where some guy, I mean, it happens all the time, but like it was ran by the mother, her son was in charge, and they all knew about his incidents with children there for months and months to years, I think, potentially, and it finally got exposed, and then they went on the front because they were aware of it and didn't do nothing about it, kept on the wraps type of thing. You know, it just makes you like, you know. At least public school I'm not paying for, you know. If some shit happens at public school where they don't give a shit about them, so be it. But I'm not going to pay 400 bucks a week just for some bad, like, you know, my kid's better off just, you know, fucking being at work with me. You know, when I was younger, I used to go to my mom with her to her jobs the same money, you know, during the summer or, you know, after school. Wherever she worked at the time, we just sit in the lobby. Yeah, we were one of those kids. But you know what? We knew how to behave. Or like when you go to these Chinese takeout places and they have their kids there all day. And these like 10-year-old kids are taking your order. Like, damn. And then we have people, you know, who are getting paid for the jobs complain when someone has them. When someone has audacity, go up to a register and be like, give me a minute. You're like, you literally have no orders. Get off your fucking phone. And I have these 10-year-old kids at these 
Chinese takeout places where their parents are there every fucking day. It is just them. The kids are there cleaning the lobby, cleaning the bathroom, doing homework, all this shit. And then, you know, doing activities as brothers. And they're there taking your order when they're short-staffed. And we got, you know, 27-year-old bums out here that want to complain when someone asks them or when they are actually required to do their job. It's the fucking craziest thing ever, man. We got these 10-year-olds taking my order, you know. I know it's on. I mean, it's contributed to the household, but damn, you know, that's what it's about. Creating a business where you use your kid as free labor. That's what it's all about in America. Um, <laughs> uh, that's all, you know, if I had a kid that was old enough to do, you know, editing for my show, yeah, I would pay him to do it. You fucking kidding me? Of course I have him do it. It's like, you know what? You don't have to go to school. Fuck school. If you just work with me on this, on what I want to do, and you learn some skill sets, you know what? Fuck them kids at school. Um, you know what? In that whole like worry thing of like, oh, if you don't take your kids to school, they're not going to be good at socially. They're not. Gonna... It's like you know what? Ninety percent of kids that come out of these schools anyways can't talk worth the shit anyways. And so, you know what? You can always go do social things with your kids. You know, I don't know. Take them to a bookstore. I know it's a weird place to socialize, but you know, people talk in bookstores. People go to Barnes and Noble, Second and Charles. Um, you know, you gotta take your kids to actual public events and make them interact with kids. You know, like you know, back in the day, Chuck E. Cheese was the place. Which, by the way, they serve alcohol. I don't blame them. Now, I'm surprised they didn't serve it earlier. You know, I don't think when uh, Chuck E. Cheese was in his, when it was in its prime, they needed alcohol way before. See, they served alcohol way too late. They could have saved the business a long time ago. They would have served alcohol when they had the kid parties. It'd be like, this whole table's getting drunk. All the kids over there on the playground, you know, shitting on the slides. Um, But yeah, Chucky, man, he looks like, he definitely looks like a mascot that you would, uh, that you would see be getting into like an actual fight. Like, you know, we see these mascots that be like getting into actual like scraps. Like, it feels like the guy they always hire for Chucky is always ready to scrap. Like one wrong move, one, he's fed up with some kids, you know, pulling his tail, you know, kicking him. Or be like, hey, mom, you know, you know, he's just ready to just smack someone, you know, it's on site with Chucky. But I don't know, you know, what would be more scary, seeing Chucky getting angry or seeing the doll Chucky come to life? You know, I don't know if dolls can be possessed, but hey, doll. Um, <laughs> I don't know why they try to make that scene in Space Jam with Lola. So sensual for the kids. Like, see me, doll. And then she, like, flips her little bunny hair. And then Daffy Duck's like, Snikeith. And then Bugs, like, you know, gets droopy-eyed. And all the other characters are like, mm-hmm. you know. 
uh, it's almost like she was the Brittany Renner of Space Jam. She was just trying to trap some people. Um, <laughs> uh, oh, she she has some uh, bunny buns. Uh, that might be the episode title, because I don't know what the fuck I'm talking about this episode. Bunny Buns. Yeah. Uh, yeah. You know, so, you know, I think it's, it's February, so which means, you know, Super Bowl month, but more importantly, Groundhog. Apparently, the Groundhog tells how long winter will last, which is one of the dumbest fucking things we have come up with in society. The fact that we actually, you know, here's the thing, right? It's one thing like Christmas, all that stuff. Like, you know, the Santa's, like, believing that is one thing. I still believe in Santa, just in case he does exist. I will go to my grave saying Santa's real. I will be showing my kid the Santa tracker, and it could be, you know, I could be 48 years old and be like, son, Santa's in St. Louis right now. Go to fucking bed, you know? Um, <laughs> I would probably make up some myths where it's like, you know, for two months, you know, you have to go to bed on time for two months straight if you want your presents, just so I can have fucking time to myself and lie to my kid. You want these fucking presents? Go to bed at nine o'clock, you sack of shit. Um, <laughs> I hope people don't think that's how I would talk to my kid. At least not on purpose. When I get angry, hoo hoo hoo. Anyone can get this verbal abuse. I'm kidding. It's not verbal abuse. It is just anger. Anger is not the worst thing in the world. It's all about how you respond and how you channel it. But yeah. Shit, what the fuck was I getting on about? You gotta get on to get on. More like you gotta get off to get her off. Um... (laughs) (laughs) uh jesus yeah oh yeah groundhog the fucking groundhog it's so fucking dumb how we actually believe that hey if the groundhog comes from underground if you see the groundhog like anyone knows what the actual groundhog looks like like there's not a groundhog that's tagged you know they, they like tag sharks to track them we're not out here tagging the groundhog to see where he's at so we can track if he pops out on February 1st to see if it's going to be colder for a few more weeks. Like I didn't know a groundhog affected the Earth's access of how the winter solstice works. I didn't know that. Apparently a groundhog, this furry buck teeth looking motherfucker, on Earth dictates how long, how much longer winter is going to be. That is the type of society we live in. That It's beyond just global. We just love the fact of stories. and You know, people, people want to shit on Greek myths and mythology. Yet, oh, you believe in astrology and Greek, and Greek myths and all this stuff. And you know what? All of that stuff is kind of corny. But these are the same people that are watching the news like, hey, honey. The groundhog came out. Got an extra two weeks of 35 degrees out here. Like, like, <laughs> like you know, I'm going to get a pet groundhog. I'm going to plant a pet groundhog out here. And 
I'm just gonna like have him scatter around and fuck up the whole like solstice, you know, fuck up the whole weather, fuck up the whole climate we got going. The fact that we have meteorologists out here, like real, like, well, hey, what's gonna be with next week? Well, we gotta see if the groundhog pops out, you know. Um, <laughs> uh, Uh, oh, I'm a humble guy, though. Very humble guy. Because you know what? If I wasn't humble, I would be out there smack-a-dab-a-doo. I really want to get into fighting. Not like random scrap fight. Like, actually like a trained fighting discipline. I don't know if it's... I don't think boxing would be my thing. But then again, it might be. I don't know. Would I want to do like... I think think jujitsu is kind of too trendy. And I don't want to be like, I'm not going to do something because it's trendy. I think it's a cool thing to learn. But I really don't want to sit there and be grappling. Like, I know myself... Here's the thing. When you have a lot of built-up anger in you... Someone strangling your shoulder out of place is just going to make you lose your shit. And it's a lot harder to tolerate you getting pinned down by another grown man. Because when you're inexperienced in this shit, you're going to be humbled when you go to these classes and these trained professionals are going to remind you. You don't know shit, right? Boxing is one of those things like you kind of understand like there are people that are trained better than you. And it's a lot easier the process getting punched in the face and getting punched in the body. Like, you know, like, okay, Ooh, like you understand the feeling. You at least feel like you have a potential comeback to something. Like you have some general knowledge of like just reacting, seeing what you're seeing. Like when you're just on the ground getting your quads, what is it called? Like King Cobra getting suplexed around. And you're just in this position where you can't move. And if you move a certain way, your whole body's going to be cut in half. Like, you know, there's something about that. It's just like, you know what? It's probably more beneficial to real life fighting or just real life, like, discipline. But, you know, I just feel like boxing would probably be a lot more fun. It'd be fun to just knock someone out for no reason. (laughs) Like, then again, you might get knocked out. Um, you'll be looking like one of those leaked footage of when they do the Creed movies of, I think it was the first one when it was leaked out, when Michael B. Jordan got knocked out in sparring or whatever. And it's like, well, yeah, he's training with professionals and sometimes a way to get better, you have to actually, you know, at least emulate a fight. So you at least look the part, you know, and people are like, oh, we got knocked out. It's like. Literally every boxer in the history that's ever boxed has been knocked out. Whether it's been on a public stage, private, whether it's been a long time or not, every boxer has been knocked out. So people always like overreact. People are obsessed with seeing people just get knocked out. Like, oh, like it's a sad tell. It's like, literally, it's like, it's part of the sport. It's like, playing baseball and striking out it's like playing football and fumbling or throwing an interception or throwing an interception in the season in the playoff game like if you play long enough it's gonna happen it's part of 
the process. Kind of like cheese. Um, <laughs> smile, bitch. Um, <laughs> if I was a photographer, that's why I'd be like, I'd be like, all right, smile, bitch. And they'd be like, what? Psh, got him. So you get an actual real reaction, not this phony uh, where they're like stretching their lips so far out that their lips, their side lips are bleeding because no one puts chapstick on anymore these days. Um, but yeah. Uh, cheese. Cheese Louise. Um, <laughs> oh, this reminds me of one of those old Off and Be episodes where... It's just one thing after another. I don't. I didn't have a real purpose of talking about anything this episode. But sometimes you need those episodes, you know, where it's just like, I don't have to talk about a topic that's not there to talk about. I just say shit, you know. Sometimes okay, just to say shit. You don't have to mean it. You don't have to have some deep understanding, some deep discovery, some deep within, within, within this. Within in this, um, intuitive, it's probably intuitive, but I want to make with, within this, like within you, but like within this, within this body, um, we have sexy time, um, uh, uh, as R. Kelly would say, I'm gonna spend a little sex time with you. And after that, we wake up everybody, every, 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 coming home. Uh, yeah, you know, we all, you know, that's it, you know, we have this obsession with uh, prison culture, you know. It's always weird, you know, people that don't have to experience experiences of that uh, environment we it always seems like there's this obsession with wanting to know how prison actually works which i guess is a good knowledge if it makes you prevent from going to prison you know but you know once you make some money you're going to do some tax shit you're going to be in prison it is what it is um <laughs> Everyone that says I would never go to prison, I would never do, I would never hide my money, I would never do that. Anytime they get some money, all of a sudden it's like, hey, you kind of didn't file like four million dollars that you made. What's going on here? And they're just like, uh, you know, it was a write-off. It was this. It's like, no, it wasn't. It was pretty. Uh, you actually, it was pretty deliberate. You try to hide it, like. <laughs> You're not that good at hiding this money. I hope you know that. Like, this basically the IRS is just like, hey, you're not as good at hiding this money as you think you are. Um, and they will get you for that shit. You know, I think it's the Chrisley, Todd Chrisley, Savannah Chrisley, uh, Jesus Chrisley. It was this reality show where the guy got, like, lip fillers. You know, had, an, had a family. He seemed like he was a good dad overall. He's you know, it's very, they were very all about appearance, vanity, about, you know, in a good way, like, manners, and, like, people with respect, very religious, and, you know, not in an over-the-top way, but, you know, I actually seem like they, 
meant well of actually like generational wealth, teaching values and all that good stuff, even with money. And then it's like they had these tax situations, legal money situations. Also, now he's in prison, you know. Um, you know, he's probably having a time in prison, <laughs> you know. I don't know how else to put it. Um, but yeah, it's a it's one of those things, you know. Uh, it's hard to say, like what would make someone, you know, accidents can happen where it's like filing your taxes can be a pain in the ass, especially when you have so many different sources of income. It can get kind of confusing. I know first world problems. But it's like, you know, like if I was Joe Rogan, I, I, I would, you know, hey, look, he's got money come from like nine different places, which apparently I, he signed a new deal for up to $250 million, except now it's not exclusive with Spotify, but it keeps it on Spotify. But now he could post everything back on everything else, like YouTube, probably Apple Podcasts or wherever, any podcasting service. <laughs> Mainly the YouTube part's the most important part because you still get a major bank. But he has that plus sponsors, plus when he puts on YouTube, as long as it doesn't get demonetized, making money off of that. Then he does his stand ups, then he does all this other shit that products, his companies, like that's what it's all about, you know. And everything he does. He just, it's something he enjoys. And I think that's the most important part. It's like, that's the perfect life. You know, he has a, he has a wife, he has kids, and he has the most like perfect life from a financial standpoint where he doesn't have to worry about, like, he has something like, he can just do what he wants, and he makes more money just by doing what he wants. So even if he spends X amount, he's going to make 8X of that back anyways. You know, he has his, he owns a comedy club, and I like, you know, that's amazing. It's not about making that much money. It really is just about making a living, doing all the things that is true to you, and you enjoy loving and not like having to do like, oh, I do this, I like, but I have to do this other thing that I don't give two shits about, but it's a necessity to do this one thing. It's like, the dude just does all the things he wants to do because he's curated that life for himself. And, but people also don't realize the dude's like 56 years old. And so like, it didn't just happen when he, I mean, he had success at you know mid late 20s doing this 30s but people don't realize like after fear factor yeah he had money and stuff but he was starting podcasting from scratch you know getting like 200 plays an episode blah blah when it was like in his infancy and that was like what in his 40s like when he was 40 like early to mid 40s like so he hasn't really seen this type of money till at least like, let's just say the last six years when the podcast really just hit a new level. 
So it's like the dude didn't really start getting this like crazy generational holy shit type of wealth till literally almost 50 years old at the earliest late 40s. So that's what people don't like. That's why I like don't just worrying about how much money you have all the time and like what it's all about. It's like if you do what you enjoy, you get so good at it. If you do something long enough, it you will automatically just be good at it, better or worse. And everything will curate to where it needs to be. So you don't have to worry about all that stuff. But yeah. Um, and, you know, waiting for my, you know, $1 million deal. Um, <laughs> uh but yeah, hey, but you know, it was funny, I think it was like weeks ago, Spotify like laid off like 160 employees, which I don't know what 160 employees, chances are like, what are y'all really doing at Spotify all day, like, just reviewing his episodes, like, you're not reviewing every single episode, every single music that gets put out there, like, I don't know what you guys are doing, and when they laid off, People like, oh, this is the end of Spotify. Really, they just laid off all these people so they could pay him. And that's a weird position to be in when companies are paying you so much money. And in result of that, a lot of times other people have to lose their job so you can get the money. It's like, you know that you're the reason keeping this comp that's elevated this company. And I think he gets like 10% stake of revenue. Holy shit. I think. Whoo. Yeah, that's probably like, whoo. You know, he just might own the bitch one day. Who knows? Um, <laughs> but yeah, congrats to the boy. It's weird calling a 56-year-old man a boy. But you know, he's literally double my age. When I'm 56, I'm going to have some of that money. Um <laughs> It's crazy how he had, he never had a son. He has daughters, but he's never had a son. You know, they do say, like, the crazy higher, like, your testosterone and shit, for some reason, you you could be more likely to have a girl, as weird as that may sound. I think it could work in the opposite. It, it's very varied on your genes and shit like that, but it's like, you think, like, if he would have had a son, you be would be having a little Joe Rogan, like a seven year old, just jujitsuing kids in class for saying some shit about his dad. Oh, your dad hates him. What the fuck? Strangling some kid, leg kicking them. He's like, "Have you seen my dad?" <laughs> All he has to do, pub of it. This is my dad leg kicking. It's just a bullet fucking hitting this big ass bag. Is like, and I trained with him, so fuck with me, you know. But yeah, all right. I think that's the end of this episode. But yeah, I don't know, bunny buns. But yeah, all right, guys. That was episode two sixty of the Offbeat Podcast with Clint Nelson. I'm your host, Clint Nelson. Don't forget to follow, comment, subscribe, hit the notification bell, most for ladies and gentlemen. Don't forget to suck some titties. <coughs> yeah, sexy time. That's how you get it going. Burp in her face.
like a baby. Oh, it's cute when a baby burps in your face, but not me, huh? Um, <laughs> I talk about babies way. I talk about kids having kids way too much for someone that doesn't have any. Oh, the idea is fun. All right. Have a great day, evening, morning, Groundhog Day, whatever the fuck you celebrate. All right. Meep, meep.